0: Oh, okay. okay.
1: everyone. It's season three. You, Let me just take you through it real quick, before I do the whole grand introduction. I want to go ahead and kind of take you through it. First season, humble beginning.
0: Meeting on a conferencing app to go ahead and get this all recorded in one shot. Second season, upgraded, you know. We've got a big, big community now. All that sort of stuff. Third season, Still the sauciest team in the game. Still the spiciest takes on the pitch. Still the best podcast in the world. It's the Banter Pub FC. You know what I'm saying? Junior season. Let's go, baby. Defending champions. Still out here. Still running amok. Still telling all of you what it is. Still telling you where to go. Still telling you where to stick it. Until still telling you to suck it. Because that's what we do around here. In the pub today, we have El Capitan, Neil. We have big man like Rossler on the ones and twos of Wears of Steel. And you might have noticed, man's got a voice now, obviously dropping bombshells at the end of uh, season two. Now he's got to go ahead and, you know, he's got got to talk that up. You can't have a mic drop moment without actually backing up the mic drop moment. You see what I'm saying to you? And of course, big brother from another mother, man, like Arma. Is here this week. So let's just get straight into around the pitch. Um, there's some things that have been happening in the Premier League, obviously getting underway. League earned looking kind of crispy. The uh, La Liga looking kind of well surprising. Uh, Bundesliga. Speaking of surprises, shout out to Wolfsburg. NWSL looking kind of weird at the top of the season. All of a sudden, the. It's a bit of an all-change. Don't know where the hell All Well Rain came from. They turned it the fuck around. So shout out to them. And then, of course, we will go over the Champions League Week 1 results. It's been a very, very interesting state of affairs. Then, of course, we'll get into the main segment later on in the show, where we're going to be talking about a certain sports analyst called Lorena Gonzalez. Um, and, uh... It's racism. You already know what it's going to be about. God damn it. Then, of course, in the main segment, we should be talking about Ajax being banned from the using the Three Little Birds on their away shirt. Obviously, the reason why that shirt is celebrated by fans and supporters the world over. It's a gorgeous shirt, but of course, UEFA and their anti-black ways decide to go ahead and ruin a damn good party. Finally, we will also be talking about the Washington spirit, their plight, their... Uh, ongoing ordeal um, is pretty serious. Um, shout out to Roseroom Collective, as Neil says, the only supporters group
1: worth a damn. Um, up in the MLS at least. Um, sell the team, Steve. Sell the fucking team. Sell the team. Anyway. And then, of course, we'll finish up with extra time. So around the pitch. I don't even know where to begin with.
0: Uh, the Premier League we can talk about Arsenal later but let's go ahead and go through the top five Man United are top of the table with three wins one draw no losses level with Chelsea who also on three wins one draw and no losses they are two goals behind on goal difference and Liverpool who are having three wins one draws no losses level on goals as well with Chelsea I think they're just behind on the head-to-head record maybe I don't know how they break that down And you know who's in fourth behind them? Everton. Three wins, one draw, no losses. No Carlo Ancelotti. So it looks like what I predicted the other season actually came true or is looking good this season. I I can't explain it. Football's weird. Um, Man City are in fifth. Yes, your defending champions are in fifth with three wins and one loss. They have scored 11 goals, though, and they've only conceded one so it's kind of tight boys i don't even know we should probably start with uh, el capitan though in proper in proper fashion obviously leading out the
1: line neil yeah you're right you, Force. Rang. Force. you right i mean Bragging. hey uh, no Trying i can't listen, i can't do it right now
2: um right now our goal production is coming from a rapist um and I can't really say anything other than that. Uh, unfortunately, that's why we are at the top of the table at the moment, um, via goal difference, because of his production. Um,
1: but this is also someone who can't enter the United States because of his uh, rape allegation. Um, so I, I, I am celebrating
2: Manchester United, uh, you know, the The most recent match was uh, very well played. I was a little concerned early on because uh, we were a goal down, and then we turned it on, and you know that second half was a different story. Jesse Lingard got involved, uh, which was good to see got on the score sheet uh, and I was happy about that uh, but you know at the end of the day um again our our the main source of our goal production is coming from rapist so. I'm happy we're. I'm. I'm happy we're at the top of the table for now. But it's very early in the season. We're not even. We're not even in the winter yet. So there is nothing to celebrate right now.
0: You know, it's unfortunate that Man United has a statistic like this. Um, but there is something about them buying rapists and then them challenging for the league after they do. I just. I'm going to leave it there. I'm not going to expand on that. I'm not going to touch it with a ten foot barge pole. I think everybody knows where I'm going with this. Let's shift it over to big man like Arma, though. We finally got a win. You know what I'm saying? Finally look like we we're clicking out there. Tommy Yasu had a great, great debut, I thought. But what else do you think about this table? I mean, what, what's it saying to you? How are you feeling? You, uh, I mean, based off of what we said going into this season, how are you feeling now, all things considered?
3: I mean, the message is similar to Neil's where we're early in the season. Right, we're early in the season. All the people who were singing Arsenal's doom because he hadn't hadn't won uh, hadn't won a match, scored a goal, gotten any points in three matches. It was like, yeah, our, Arsenal is dead. Arsenal's not dead. We know what the project looks like. Um, and you know, we're one, you know, one win ticked off so far. We'll see how the rest of the season progresses, but like, yeah. We're we're about to hit match day five. So everybody relax. Um, the league has not been won or lost by anyone yet. Um, I think the more notable thing from the Premier League this weekend for me it was like there were a couple matchups that I was curious about. Um, I think it was Wolves Watford to see if Watford had anything in the tank. Um, because, you know, Wolves is going to be tough opposition, but they're not going to, you know, you could get at them if you try. Um, and and that one went Wolves' way, and I thought, you know, that was illuminating. Um, also, brighton Brentford was another matchup that I don't think a lot of people were looking forward to. But I was curious about because, you know, Arsenal were in for, allegedly, Yves Bissouma. I want to see how his midfield play stacks up against the guys that we have on on the uh, roster because I don't think our squad is quite strong enough yet um, for building for the future. But if we had midweek matchups, <laughs> I think the Arsenal squad would need some midfield reinforcement. Um, and that's still a player that I like. Um, anyway, so those are the two I watched. There was obviously, you know, Antonio got a red card, a second yellow, rash tackle. And I felt like, why are you messing up my fantasy league, bro? Like, everybody's rooting for you, the whole world's rooting for you. Anyway, I'm
1: not, I'm not, um, I'm not even going to get into the fantasy stuff.
0: We can talk about that in like game week 13. But, Rossler, you know what I'm saying? Um, you back Liverpool, and I guess you're something of a good luck charm because the boys are sitting third, looking crispy. How are you feeling about it in your first season?
4: What's supporting and watching
0: and following the team been like for you as a new fan? Um, talk to the people then. Speak of peace.
4: I guess I would echo a lot of the same sentiments that Neil has. It's still really early, so there's, there's not going to be much gloating at this point. I've seen a lot of amazing matches from Liverpool and other teams. I think the Liverpool-Chelsea match from a few weeks ago was amazing. It was a great match. Even though Chelsea was down to 10 men, their defense still held together and was formidable enough to hold Liverpool to a tie. Uh, This week... Oh, before I forget, congratulations to Arsenal. All jokes aside, I know we make jokes about you guys being 20th no longer. I think Amma said it best. A lot of people counted them out early, but... You know, if you get past all the jokes, a lot of the issues they had were injuries, COVID, new players getting acclimated. And I think their upcoming fixtures, there are a lot of winnable games there for them. And their new acquisitions can get acclimated and the defense can kind of tighten up a bit and can make a run. I think they can still have a decent season. I wouldn't say a contending season, but a season that they can build off of for the future to entice some new players to get in there to be competitive but uh, to answer your your first question Liverpool is doing well I, I think for them the year last year was a lot of injuries and disappointments and seeing them not make a lot of moves in the transfer window showed that they had confidence in their players coming back and being able to play decent defense we know they can attack but in the Premier League you have to play Great defense to compete. And I think that's what Chelsea has over everybody else right now. Out of all of the teams I've seen play, their defense is suffocating. And with Lukaku now, they have the offensive power, firepower to be able to compete with the big boys when it comes from an offensive standpoint. So I've just been really enjoying watching a lot of the different teams and, uh, you know, just learning the players and, Figuring out what's going on, and you know, I- I'm glad I'm not a Spurs fan right now.
0: Listen, shout out to Crystal Palace. Um, that was an yeah. incredible performance. Man, like Wilfred Zaha absolutely banged you man up. Shout out to Koyate as well. Eduard had a sensational debut. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Don't forget a man like Patrick Vieira. Arsenal absolutely, like- Patrick Vieira is managing the side. You see what it is, boys? Get playing that sexy shit. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely wonderful. Wonderful result for them. And you beat the filth. Cannot be more prouder or more happier for you. You know what I'm saying? Um, Good luck against Liverpool. Um, At the time of recording, they are facing Liverpool on the weekend. Um, That should be a testy affair. If they play anything like they did against Spurs, they will give Liverpool problems. I predict, But I don't know what you men are saying. Um... With that said, I think that's going to do it for the, uh, for the Premier League, so let's keep it moving to uh, France, just across the channel there. League 1. Well, where to begin with this kettle of fish? This league is always full of surprises, I feel. The biggest surprise for me is a, a certain club that I didn't expect to be anywhere near the top
1: half of the table. Never mind second. Angers are right behind PSG. They are on three wins, two draws. They are unbeaten.
0: They are unbeaten. They're on a two-match winning run at the moment. PSG, though, absolutely banging the league out. Five played, five wins. 16 goals scored, five goals allowed. But Angers are playing brilliant stuff. They've scored nine. They've only allowed two goals. That's more than anybody else in the top five of the table. Following on from them is Marseille in third, Nice in fourth, and Lons in fifth. No
1: Lyon in the top five. No Monaco in the top five. So, boys. League, uh, not exactly a farmer's league, is it? Shout out to
0: uh, Ranz, who did the thing today. In the Europa League at the time of recording. But um, I'm going to go ahead and throw this to anybody who wants it first.
2: I mean, listen, Uh, listen, PSG added several talented players, including the certifiable GOAT in Lionel Messi. Um, And, you know, they added a tremendous goalkeeper. They added, um, you know, Genie Winaldum. They added Hakimi. We were talking about it in the prologue uh you know so go back and listen to that we were we were talking about it when we wrapped up the transfer window PSG came out of that transfer window like gangbusters they did their business um they didn't really need to shore up their defense but i think as we get later on into the season obviously they you know they picked up Sergio Ramos um but Sergio Ramos <laughs> If there, if, there, if there is anything Sergio Ramos is good for, it's red cards. And in France, uh, those come aplenty. And I think as we get later on into the season, um, you know, Marquinhos may have to play double duty often um, on that back line in order to make up for our Sergio Ramos being sent off for being a hothead. Um, but, you know, it's still early doors. Um, for all the leagues but you know um uh, because uh the the league on you know league on is so uh, you know as you described Joseph, it's all over the place right um and all of the i think uh angers doesn't have any outside of uh cup play they don't really have anything you know they're they're not in europe so they can rest a lot of their players um uh marseille is in europe um You know, Lyon is obviously in Europe. Rennes is in Europe. Um, uh, uh, Obviously, Monaco is in Europe as well. So you have a lot of French... And obviously, Lille, the league winners last year, are also in Europe. So you have several French clubs that are kind of all over the place in the table that could disrupt things later on. Um, And we could have another situation where, uh, you know, the top four are are not going to look like this come the middle of the season, I don't think. I think we're going to have a lot more things shaking up, and we could potentially see another season. I'm calling it now. We could, we could see another season where PSG is, is, despite the fact that they are wanting the league on title back, I think they're going to be too focused on the Champions League, and they might slip up and allow for another French side to take it. Again,
0: I actually have to make a quick redaction. It's not Angers that has the least amount of goals conceded in the top five. It's actually Nice. They've scored 10 goals and conceded precisely none. None. And they're sitting fourth. This is not a league to be messed about with. I think one of the things that... Thank you, by the way, Neil, for that. I agree with you that this, this is a very competitive league. And a, the defending champions are nowhere near the top five. I mean, it, and, and yes, it's early doors and all that sort of stuff, but it's not a good start to the season for them. They've got a lot of work to do. Same thing with Leon, you know what I'm saying? Um, I expected uh I expected um, you know, to uh not to lose, but um is it Orient? Um to be there with theirabouts as well, you know. They won the league a few seasons ago. They've kind of, you know, been in and out of Europe and things of that nature, but I thought that there shouldn't be a certain season for them, but they've not done it either. This is very competitive. I really don't understand. And again, I have to keep harping on this. Why the league is looked at as a farmer's league. There's a deluge of talent playing in that league. And not just at PSG either. You know what I mean? You've got to put respect on Lille's name. We were praising them last season for their championship run, which brings me to Armour. Um, I feel like you've been one of the people that's been very vocal about putting respect on Leel's name. But what do you make of the start of it? and following on from Neil, what do you, what do you make of all that as well
3: yeah i feel like that's it's important to to underscore how competitive it is so far and what we expect we expect it to remain that way um, with different teams um, playing their part i will say that given the strength of the clubs in in liga they're also fodder for poaching, right? The teams can be... Um, I think there's no better example than Lille. Than Part of the reason why they're having such a tough start is because their keeper got pulled. I mean, they lost their coach, their keeper. I was, they almost lost uh, Burak Yilmaz, but they, lo- they lost like four, five of their top players. And so they're, they're going to have to rebuild. And and um, I feel like that that's a story that happens over and over again in Liga. Um, if they don't get pushed by PSG, they get pushed uh, elsewhere. Um, and and so teams that aren't don't have the funding level of a nation state um, have to sell players. And so I think that makes the league. Uh, a toss-up every year, except for everybody knows PSG will be strong. But it makes that top four, five race always very um, intense and exciting. I feel like we we were, uh, towards the end of the season, we're trying to figure out who's going to end up where. Um, and I think that gives you a good reason to keep watching. Um, and there's always, always, always brilliant talent, undervalued, Brilliant talent in the in Liga, and co- folks from the quote unquote big leagues um, will always go there to poach poach talent. So it's it's nice to watch these players on the way up. You know, Kylian Mbappe was was a Monaco player. I don't even get into it. Like one that that one Monaco squad had at least six players who ended up being um, top tier Champions League quarter semifinalists. Um, caliber players, you know, and in in literally a season or two. So I expect more of that to come,
1: uh, this season. What's the mate French League? You got? What's it done for you this season so far?
4: Well, I'm not going to rehash a lot of what's been said already, but I, I think the Farmers League label is coming from a lot of people who may not be. Following those teams that don't have the name recognition of a PSG and they see so many stars on that team, they just assume the rest of the league is void of talent and not realizing that, like Amma said, they're being poached by bigger teams in the Premier League and PSG. So they're just, just to keep it simple, they're not watching all the games. Like They're not following it with as much detail as maybe some of the other leagues. Because the talent is there. The competition is there. We can see it at the table at this point. And like you guys have said, the two through four or one through four changes from time to time. And even PSG being a powerhouse is not a guaranteed win for them. I do think, I disagree with Neil slightly. I think they will win because they're super deep this year. And they have one of the greatest to ever do it. And I think he's still, he still got it. So, I think they will push to maybe be competitive in the Champions League and still win Ligon, which would be an interesting thing to see.
3: So, Rustler, what team in Liga do you support? Yes, she. Oh,
0: oh, okay. Well, I mean, we knew that was coming. What, well, didn't we? I mean, it's just like, is anybody surprised? Is anybody actually surprised? I'm not. Because at the end of the day, what what do we have? We have a Haitian gentleman here. And what do Haitians love? Drip. What do PSG have? Drip. In abundance. That's the first box ticked. The next one is just absolute dominance. Just overwhelming levels of talent. Of course people are going to flock to that. And that is irrespective of any kind of nationality stereotype or fucking uh, ethnicity stereotyping. They just attract people to the kind of football that they play and who's playing for them. They've got everything. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why Jordan is outfitting them at the moment. I'm not yeah. surprised people are into PSG. They are more than just a club. They're like a fucking lifestyle brand. You know what I mean? It's, it's ridiculous. And they're backed by a Qatari crown prince, if I'm not mistaken. Or is it a Qatari consortium? I can't remember. I think it's Man City who's got the crown prince, Sheep and Sword. And it's PSG that's got some, some like like rich fucking.
4: Uh, There's so many we can't even keep it straight, right? So much
1: basically, money.
0: Qatar. But basically, Qatar owns two football clubs, is essentially what we're looking at. Here. Uh-huh. So I'm not surprised that PSG are doing as well as they do. I mean, they got they got Messi for Christ's sake. They got Ronaldo on a free, Messi on a free, Donnarumma on a free, and they got what's his face from Inter Milan for 70 million euros. Top business, if you ask me. You know what I mean? They fucking shot the lights out. They're fucking rich as, and they didn't spend a whole lot of money. They spent less net spend than uh, than we did in Arsenal. But we know what we're building. We had to spend that money. You know what I'm saying?
4: We have to have something. To I like how Co- you slipped Arsenal in there.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: that was good. slick, you, man. That was you slick, have bro. to. You, I mean, you have to make comparisons to to what you know. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I've done. But anyway, we go. Not just a farm, it's not a farmer's league. It's not a farmer's league. Put respect on their name. I think it's all agreed here at the pub. So let's shift it on to La Liga. Well, boys, um, I mm, what the fuck are Valencia doing there? First and foremost. Um
1: I didn't see that shit coming. Uh have they moved out of the Mastalla yet? Did they move into their new place yet? I need to look into that. But
0: they are in second behind Real Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> Only behind them on goal difference, it looks like. Oh, no, they're level on goal difference. So they're level on goal difference. They have the exact same results in the exact same fashion on the form table. So two wins, then a draw, then another win. And it's it's fucking ridiculous right now. Three wins, one draw. Uh, Real Madrid has scored 13 goals to their nine, Conceded six to their two. Atleti, defending champions.
1: In third, you know, it's a little bit it's a little bit, it's a bit, squeaky. You know what I mean? Tighten up.
0: But they're there. They're about the same level on points, but definitely behind on goal difference. They only have a plus three goal difference compared to Valencia and Real Madrid seven. Then we have Real Sociedad, who do have a loss, but they've got three wins. And then following up from them is Athletic Club Bilbao,
1: with two wins, two draws, they have scored four goals and conceded one. So, thoughts, gentlemen? Anybody who wants it first, go and grab that brass ring.
4: Or Barcelona.
1: We're not
2: going to talk about Barcelona. We're going to
0: talk about the mm.
4: fact. Mm. Well, because,
2: mm. because- mm. I wasn't
1: going to say it. We're going not
2: going to, to talk it. about that. We're not going to listen. I love what uh, my son. Uh, Memphis Depay is doing there. However, we're not going to talk about them. They're not in the top five. So until they get
1: there, we can talk about them. We miss you, Adam. Can't wait to see you in several weeks. Um, uh, but get, t-
2: a point Amma made when we were talking about Liga, I want to reiterate as we look at the top of the table of La Liga. They signed Edward Kamavinga, who was being looked at this past summer by almost every, or or was linked to every major club, Manchester United, Manchester City, uh, Liverpool, um, uh, PSG,
1: uh, obviously Real Madrid, uh, Barcelona, um, uh, everywhere. All the big clubs were looking at him. But then he goes to Real Madrid, and now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, oh, you know, P, uh, we're, we're supposed to say that Ligon doesn't develop talent. Well, then why does
2: one of the most storied clubs in the history of the beautiful game
1: have a, have a vested interest in that young talent from Ren? We're talking about Wrens, okay? I mean, I'm not trying to downplay Wren. I'm really not. But he was the best player on Ren, right?
2: And they took him. Real Madrid took him and they added him to their club. And he's starting. He's, and, and this is a club that is already stacked in the midfield. There's a reason they're at the top of the table right now.
0: This is a bit of an understatement. They didn't just take him, they stole him. They got him at a cut rate. I think it's like 35 million euros. Yep. Mm-hmm. When he immediately, when originally pre COVID, he was commanding 60. And then it didn't leave, Ren, uh, uh, I think it's pronounced wrong. I, I might be wrong about that. I think I definitely am wrong about that, actually. But still, that club definitely were left in a lurch because they didn't have a lot of time to turn around and replace him. They couldn't reinvest that $35 million. And that wasn't really a lot to play with either. You know what I mean? Sure, they had a good showing against Spurs today in the Europa League. You know what I'm saying?
1: Blessings,
3: blessings.
0: Blessings, blessings, blessings! Absolutely, we love to see it. We absolutely love to see it. Yes, we do. But at the end of the day, they, he was, as you said, Neil, the, the by far and away their best player. And now he's doing gangbusters for Real Madrid. Like Real Madrid, look, that Coke barge money is doing work. I, I think it's you know, you know, what I'm saying it's shoring up a few things. Man like Florentino Perez says business is still what. Booming. So, look, ruthless behavior in the transfer market, and that has really paid dividends for Real Madrid, and I think that's the reason why they're top of the table, quite frankly. They're free scoring. They're playing well. They're playing well without uh, Sergio Ramos back there, by the way. i throw that one out there. armor, ma'am. Talk to the people, ma'am. What are you saying about La Liga?
3: Yeah, I mean, as usual, you know, La Liga has great storylines. Um one of my favorites is that the last minute last minute transfer of Griezmann back to at- Atleti and then watching that team line up. Uh I don't know. I'm not I don't I don't have a La Liga team and and you know, Atleti can be a chore to watch at times, but when they're on, they're on and they're um wonderful uh and so that's, that's really my La Liga team to watch. If I, if I catch Atleti playing, I'm going to watch them. And of course, since our, our fellow uh, Gooner, Hector Bellerin, uh, moved over to Real Betis, I'll be keeping an eye. I don't think he started any games yet, but um, I'll definitely be watching to see how things develop there. Uh it's uh, like we said before. It's early. I expect Real Madrid to drop points because you know what happens on the coke barge. People mm-hmm. do, mm-hmm. people do mm-hmm. coke.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yes, they do. Yes, they and, do. And, and and eventually, that's going to come to. <clears throat> that's going to it's going to come around and bite them in the behind. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I expect I expect it to be a little spicy. Um, Idea, Barcelona. We hardly knew ye. Um, <laughs> I don't expect to see you here at the end of the season. <laughs>
0: them man, still haven't announced their co-signer yet. I'm still waiting on Bro. that news. Just thought I would go ahead and go drop that one. Um, <laughs> Rossler, man, listen. There's a reason why we're not talking about Barcelona. The soap opera business is definitely booming over there, but they're nowhere near the top five, and it seems like. It seems like there's definitely um, it's, it's, it's a changing of the guard as far as what's going on at that club. But what do you make of La Liga as a whole, though? Um, have, you, have you managed to catch any matches? Talk to the people.
4: Not yet. Um, I've had a chance to see a few of the teams participate in the Champions League, but I haven't watched La Liga itself. I will be picking a La Liga team soon. It won't be Barcelona. I don't want to suffer. But I will uh, start following it a lot more closely. It's just a lot of football to watch, for sure. And I'm enjoying it.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, yeah.
0: <laughs> that is that on the Liga. And we'll quickly shift it to, well, for me, would I be over-exaggerating if I said that the Bundesliga is the most exciting European league at the moment? Would I be over-exaggerating if I said that? Because I feel like that is apt.
2: No. No, no, you wouldn't be exaggerating at all.
0: I mean, look at this top five, brethren. In first place, do not adjust your sets. With four matches played and four wins, six goals scored and only one allowed. Top of the table by two points, two points clear of Bayern Munich is Wolfsburg.
1: Yes, Wolfsburg are top of the table, unbeaten, flying, four wins from four. And they're defending
0: the fucking Knights out. As I said, second is Bayern Munich. Third is Borussia Dortmund um, on nine points. Point behind Bayern on ten. Fourth is Mainz. (laughs) Mainz are fourth. Three wins, one loss. Only conceding two goals. That's the second lowest in the top five. Yeah. Six goals scored. Nine points. Level with Dortmund. And in fifth, Again, please do not adjust your,
1: your, your sets. This is not a drill. FB Freiburg are in fifth. That's right. Freiburg, who have only conceded four goals, scoring six, two wins, two draws, eight points.
0: Gentlemen, what is going on in Germany? Like, what happened? Like, This. we talk about tables that are super, like, hyper competitive. It doesn't get more hyper competitive than this at the moment. These clubs are these clubs are reaching for it. They're going for it. Like Bayern has to work now. You know what I'm saying? And also, I know there'll be a special interest, especially from people in our American audience, about Jesse Marsh at a certain uh Red Bull Leipzig and how they're getting on, especially since they sold a lot of their players that they don't really seem to have replaced. So what I mean. Take your take your pick. What do you want to speak so on? I mean,
2: so go go ahead, Amma. I'm sorry.
3: Yeah. So real real quick on the on the Leipzig thing, I I uh, read a quote somewhere about Jesse Marsh when he was asked about like the L's they've been taking, saying something like, "Yeah, we are not really ready for the the competition on the on the level of of Bayern yet." I'm like, bro, like you are about to win the the league. Last season, like you were right there. So what do you mean you can't compete? You, you're not ready to compete with that level. And I think it was more about like you know, like like, like you mentioned, Joseph, the uh, the the loss of some key players. You know, <laughs> uh, Upamakano. Uh I mean, it, I I just feel like they. I'm just surprised that they're doing as poorly as they are because. They've had churn in the past, um, and they've lost players, but they found a way to move forward. But I think the coach, losing the coach was a significant uh situation it was a significant loss, and I think it's hurting them and Jesse Marsh, he'll be okay, but I don't expect uh, Leipzig to be in Europe next season the way things are progressing right now like they're, they're they're out of the top five in my opinion um yeah as far as the guys who are who are who are in the top five, like fam, I know maybe like one person on Wolfsburg, um, and Mainz, really? yeah, so like I think there will be a lot of matches worth watching because you know, I know Wolfsburg doesn't score enough goals to to stay up there, but uh, I think you know teams there are teams in here, like Leverkusen, folks that'll make runs. To get in the European places, uh, and and I wanted to, before I drop the mic on uh, Bundesliga, I will say you know, shout out to Kyle Union Omaha Kyle for for uh, trying to pawn Eintracht Frankfurt on me. These men are trash, and uh, they you you're you're trying to put me in a, in a world of hurt. I'm already an Arsenal supporter. These guys have not won a match all season. I think, I think what they do is they draw. So, 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 yeah, Kyle, thanks a lot, buddy. Savage. Savage.
2: Yeah. And I'll just say, um, uh, you know, it's still, it's very early in the season. Only a handful of games have been played. Bayern is going to be in the top two, if not winning the league. We already know this. Uh, Unless they have a string of injuries, and I mean a string of injuries, and I'm talking about if Robert Lewandowski
1: gets, like, cancer, then you might as well forget them, you know, winning the scoring
2: title. That's not me wishing Lewandowski cancer. That's not the case. I'm just saying it's going to take a serious debilitating disease to take him out. Potentially, if he if he gets long COVID, if he gets out for you know breaking COVID protocol and he's out for several weeks, um, and then it's extended because he has long COVID, it's it's going to be difficult for Bayern to make up the goal to make up those goals. However, Bayern has the talent to do it. That's the problem. And, and, and what did Bayern do this summer? They said, oh, Leipzig, y- you have uh, two players we want. We, we want your starting center defensive mid so he can play uh, backup to the backup to our center defensive
3: And your captain.
2: And your captain. <laughs> and you them both in one summer. One summer.
0: Um, roof was we talk about we talk about clubs that got raided obviously Real Madrid did that to 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 Rennes or Rennes. Uh, how do you pronounce that again I apologize if it's the wrong pronunciation but Red Bull Leipzig got raided fam like they got cleaned out they got
1: cleaned out and they're basically backup players at um, at, at Bayern Munich like why wouldn't you fight to just keep them then I
0: don't
2: I don't really understand like Bayern basically, needs money. but but Bayern basically stuck a money enema up the backside of R.P. Leipzig and said, <laughs> "We're gonna take all of that. We, we gonna clean you motherfuckers the fuck out." <laughs> That's what the fuck they
0: did. You're not not a money enema. Anyway, Rossler, have you been catching any of the Premier uh, Premier League Bundesliga action? um and if you have what do you make of it uh any anything that stint, that stands out to you that seems particularly interesting
4: no sir um but i will be shipping you your erling holland poster so anyway moving on
0: let's go ahead and move on to um the champions league week 1 results that's right um champions league is back
1: the champions. <laughs> not like that anyway Champions League week 1 results I'll get through them as quickly as I can
0: Dortmund won they won 2-1 uh, against Besiktas the then uh,
1: <laughs> Sheriff that's right Sheriff you know Sheriff the club called Sheriff you know yeah. what I'm saying um, the ops the feds the federales
0: you know who they beat 2-0 Shakhtar Donetsk I've never seen a result like that ever. I don't think I've ever seen them win a Champions League match before. Amazing achievement for them. Cobb no, won. I, uh, sorry?
3: I'm sorry. That That is not the the most impressive result. For me, that's young boys over United.
0: Well, yes, absolutely. 100%.
2: I, wow. Okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Whoa. We're not even there yet.
0: Yeah. Let's- no, no. Don't worry. We'll get to you in a minute. But as I said, I still think Sheriff beating the likes of Shakhtar Donetsk is a very, very sizable achievement. I think it's it's one of the ones that you have to kind of mention in the same breath as young boys doing it against Man United, who won two one. That's right, Cristiano Ronaldo fancied. Excuse me, Cristiano Ronaldo fancied himself manager after he got subbed off, along with Bruno Fernandes. I, I guess they're part of the technical staff. Who knows? I don't always deal in like. Uh, I just. um Hope he gets extradited to the United States. Um, Club Bruges got a draw against PSG 1 1. Um, Man United, excuse me, Man City got a 6 3 victory against Red Bull Leipzig. We were just talking about them earlier. You can kind of see how bad it is at the moment. So it's pretty rocky. Athletic could not score against Porto, but Porto couldn't score against them 0 0. Liverpool managed to pull off a 3 2 victory against AC Milan. Shades, shades of Istanbul.
3: Um, bro, bro, hold on. That match was kind of crazy. Um, and Liverpool could have lost it, yep, at home. Yep, like I, I was not, I don't rate Milan like that, and I did not expect that. They got a win, yeah, it was good. But those away goals, those two away goals, well, actually, didn't they get rid of their away goals rule? No, so it I mean, it's the
0: groups, it's the group stage, really. So, like, we're not this isn't the qualify i don't think is this the qualifying stage
3: it's well, not the group- they, oh. well you got a top 2 will go yeah
1: this is the group stage
3: you know yeah
0: it's a yeah. group stage proper so yeah if it's a group stage then no the, the way goals don't really count matter. Yet, that's yeah they don't matter um, just... all that matters is goal difference so they're only one in, you know, they're only one behind because they only conceded you know they only conceded 3 so they can pull it back in uh, the next few matches. There's five more matches to play, and we'll see how they get on. Um, Sporting Lisbon one Ajax, five. Ajax, whooped that ass, boy. They said,
2: bring your ass here, boy. Shout out to big man like Sebastian Holler, who showed the Ooh. fuck up and showed the fuck out in that match.
0: Four goals. Four. Count them. One, two, three, four. Sebastian Haller. Big, big, big performance from him. And they absolutely put Lisbon to the sword. Inter dropped the ball against Real Madrid.
1: They're Real Madrid whoa, whoa, winning one I mean,
3: 0 I think if you if you if you think Haller sounds familiar, it's because he used to play at West Ham. Yes, and was he did. and was and was maligned at West Ham for quite a while. Yep, he was. Turns
0: out you weren't playing him right. So it's it's always the way, isn't it? As soon as they got as soon as they got they bat up another league. You just don't know quality when uh, you don't know what you don't know what you what is it that Johnny e. Mitchell says, and she never lies, by the way. But, um, you know, don't it always seem to God that you don't know what you got till it's gone? I mean, West Ham aren't exactly hurting for Harder, but they could have used somebody like him now. Yeah, yeah. You, you live and you learn. So, obviously, um, Sevilla and uh, Red Bull Salzburg finished in one all Dinamo Kiev and Benfica nil nil. Barcelona got their asses walked by Bayern Munich 3 0. Uh, Real Real okay. uh, again again um Villarreal and Atalanta finished to a 2-2 draw Lille and Wolfsburg finished nil-nil. we had um I think that's Malmo who uh, got thrashed 3-0 by uh, Juve and Chelsea
1: beat Zenit 1-0 interesting first week what do we reckon how do we how's everybody looking um
0: Going into the game week two for the Champions League. It's too Uh, much football, bro.
4: Yeah, I was going to say that too. Way too much. But I I managed to catch a few games. There was a few surprising things that, you know, Chelsea got, I hate to use the term, bailed out. But that late goal by Lukaku saved them. The tie between, I watched the uh, Villarreal-Atalanta game. That was interesting, even though it ended in a tie. I think the match we're gonna end up talking about the most, though, is probably gonna be young boys taking out the grown men over at United. Uh I, I think that Eesh. was I, I think it just kind of shows what Neil was talking about earlier, where it's like a lot of the scoring is coming from Ronaldo. And obviously before Ronaldo was there is Fernandez. So to sub both of them off was kind of I know you're trying to preserve them for the Premier League matches. I, I think that's kind of That, of course, the pass from Lingard kind of set them up (laughs) for failure. But it's just, I think they could have probably won 3-1 if they would have left one of them in. But I understand he has to manage their minutes. But I'm not going to talk too much about United because that's Neil's team. He knows, obviously, what's going on more than me. But that's just my interpretation of what happened there. And it's... That's... uh,
2: Listen... Scouser, you need to be more concerned about Trent Alexander Arnold defending anybody on the right-hand listen. side. I don't want to hear it. Listen, I don't listen. want to hear it. I don't want to hear it because, listen, listen, okay? Listen.
4: What happened, two though?
2: Almost lost to a lot. What happened?
4: So- <laughs> almost doesn't count, Brandy said.
2: Well, Brandy <laughs> doesn't know how to drive, so we're not, so, so we're not talking about Brandy.
4: doesn't, but we still got the W, bro. Okay, our defense was trash. We let, we let two goals in, but we still won the game, bro. Come well, on man
2: need, you need to have a conversation with your right back and tell him how to do oh, that. so
4: we're not going to talk about your your um your scoring listen, right listen, now. you just listen, want to talk about listen, Liverpool's listen. defense
2: all, all I'm gonna say is oh. our you know our right back starting mm-hmm. right back took a early break from a shit red card frankly um it was an immediate red card they didn't even uh var check it and you know this is a this is a ref who doesn't even um uh who, who doesn't even officiate uh you know uh premier league matches yes did young boys take advantage of the fact that we were down to 10 men yes did did ollie do a terrible job in the second half of managing the match yes but i can't pin it on one particular player i can't say oh it's jesse lingard's fault for not passing the ball forward and giving the ball up to allow um you that
4: know, was just you, know, you know that goal is that goal is Jesse's fault. It, it probably would have ended one one if it wasn't for that. I mean, I don't mean to throw the man under the bus, but that was that was pretty bad pass.
2: I mean, it was. I, I'm not saying it was a good pass, but th- but this is the same man who who two days before put mm-hmm. a goal in the back of the net in the prem. So right. so so you know do players make mistakes? Yes. Absolutely. So uh, you know, but. at the the end of the day, like this is a learning experience for United and they're going to come back and get ready for uh, their next premier league match. And then get ready for some uh, club matches and then turn around and get ready for UCL next week. Like at at the end of the day, like this, but people are already saying, Oh, you know, you have to get rid of your manager. Conte has to come in. Like, this is one Champions League group stage group stage match. There hasn't even been seven seven matches played in the Prem, there have been no cup matches played in the Prem and and they, and, they and, and half of our quote unquote fan base want you know uh want blood and want our manager out. Can you all yeah. can, can can y'all, well. can you can you allow for a man who finally has the talent to actually build around and build on and Let's keep in mind, we, did, we didn't even have our starting left winger in Marcus Rasher because he because he was injured. So the, the team... Y'all,
4: y'all MVP didn't come through for y'all this week. Thoughts and prayers in, in midfield. That's what happened. <laughs> Man, this is what I came here for. This is what I came here for.
1: Rossler,
3: Rossler has no to be a trouble. He has no. But listen, he has I mean, no but he's it's on it's understandable.
4: I don't think the the manager should be replaced. But it, it's like those two things. I think were the biggest tipping points in the match: the pass and the subs. But it's united. You guys are gonna. Card. Yeah, the you gotta. Those happen, man. I mean,
2: well, the, the red card was a bad foul that got called in my opinion, and, and this is not biased, but the, the call was made incredibly too fast. This is an official that doesn't usually officiate Premier League matches, right? So he, I, I can't even remember the league that he officiates for, but it's not the Prem. So he's not familiar with these players. He's not familiar with their style of play. He's not familiar that if that tackle was in a Premier League match, it would have been a yellow, not a red. And he immediately drew the red card without even a second, without even a second breath. Like, he's fucking Anthony Taylor, right? And we all know how bad Anthony Taylor is of an official, no matter who no, no matter who you support in the Prem. So, at the end of the day, like, yet yeah, the, the red card mattered more to me and, and actually affected the match more than all these mismanagement, than the subs, than, than Jesse's bad back pass. All of those things are a direct result of the red card. Because had that red card not happened, uh, you know, it, it would have been just a yellow, and we would have had 11 men the entire match, more than likely, and we would have been able to play a different kind of match. Because if you remember, two minutes before that, Rape Naldo scored. And then two minutes later, Aaron wan Basaka gets an immediate red. So, like, <laughs> like, it literally changed the dynamic of the entire match the entire match changed right after that happened so
3: you think I'm- yeah i mean i i agree that the red card was a pivotal moment um manchester united was up one nil before the red card but um you know these guys are pros um and you know you know what to do that 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 back pass was comical it, it looked like a perfect through ball and of course you know american headhunter Jordan sbatch pounced on the ball and made his German-American coach, David Wagner, proud, right? There must have been damn near, you know, it might have been a Trump rally at that site, given how glorious (laughs) it was. (laughs) <laughs> given given how deep I've seen the the the, the terrible nationalist takes um, on Twitter and elsewhere around uh, around that that final goal, it's like ah uh, you know you guys remember he's black right? Uh, Jordan Cyprien is black <laughs> and, and and yes um, Manchester United should have done better they didn't and you know like like you said earlier uh, Joseph it's the group stage. So, you know, they'll have opportunities to make, do. they're not, they're not in a super tough group. Um, and I think they'll be okay uh, to progress, but, but, but I think it underscores the the, 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 the problem that, that Manchester United have with Ali as coach. I think in the end, he's not the caliber coach for that club. Um. Fantastic man manager, uh, but I don't think he's the guy for those moments. Um, and no, it's the Southgate it effect be... all over again.
1: It's the
0: Southgate effect all over again. We see it in so many different clubs, like Greg Bohalter for the US men's national team. Fantastic man manager, tactically in it. Ole um, Solskjaer for man, man United. Again, I think it's harsh that people are calling for his resignation already just because Antonio Conte is available. You know what I mean? Um, apart from anything else, he was the one that brought them to this point, to the point where they're you know, challenging um, for the title. And they're still top of the league, for all intents and purposes. Yep. I think that's no slouch. I think everyone's been a bit harsh on him. But still, wonderful man-manager, tactically in it. Gal Southgate for England, wonderful man-manager, and manager, tactically in it. And as we're seeing
1: uh, at her Spurs there, <laughs> um poor Nuno. But you know, trying to warn you, I suppose it's a poison chalice. Wonderful man manager, but those
0: tactical decisions against Crystal Palace were absolutely baffling. Um, I think it's worth say So it's the same thing all the way through. The Champions League is no different. There's been some very surprise results, there've been some very shock results. You know what I'm saying? A lot of results here where um you couldn't you couldn't the I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't get the difference between the two sides. They were they were they were level pegging the entire time, and the scoreline reflected that. Do you know what I mean? Um, good opening first week for the Champions League. So that's going to do it for around the pitch. Um, we're going to pay a few bills when we get back. We're going to head straight into the main segment. We're going to talk about racism. We're going to talk about racism, and we're going to talk about a tyrannical owner. Of a certain NWSLT. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Well, welcome back. Main segment time, boys and girls and NBs. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Happy buy word this week, by the way. At the time of recording, you know, equality and all that jazz. Um, all about affirmation at the Bantam Pub FC. But unfortunately, that is. We're going to hear to talk about the antithesis of that. <laughs> Convenient segue. The main segment topic this week is, as you might have guessed, a racism. Every week. We it's every week. Because this keeps happening every week, which is the most important part to focus the onus on. If you wouldn't mind, please. Not that we talk about it, but rather that it's happening still. There was a sports analyst by the name of Lorena Gonzalez who said on Spain State... um, It's it's Spanish State TV, no? That that she was presenting on. And it was on Real Madrid. Um, In reference to uh, Eduardo um, Camavinga, when he was being unveiled, she said, and I quote, that guy is blacker than
1: his suit. I... There's so many different types of reactions you
0: have to this. It's 2021. Yes, we know. It's still a thing, right? So we can say that. We can say, like, you know, how many, how sheltered have you been your entire life
1: to just, just casually dehumanize Black people like that? You know what I'm saying? Like, like we exist for your entertainment. It's, it's wild. Um, I mean, I mean, if you think about it in, in the greatest game in the world,
2: in the beautiful game, that's definitely the case. You know, you're, you you know, you're talking about a player in Edward Camavinga who literally, um, has done everything he is supposed to do and has shown out and shown up for Real Madrid. We talked about it in around the pitch. I don't need to go into detail about how talented it is. And the fact that yet again uh, we're dealing with racism as it relates to uh, La Liga, we're dealing with racism as it relates to um, a major club, one of the top clubs in La Liga, and one of their black plate. Like it happens over and over and over and over and over again, and it's
1: really getting to the point where how how deeper can we go? How the clubs themselves are backwards enough from the management, from the ownership. So then you
2: turn around and you have Spanish state TV, who clearly need uh, home training, who obviously have you know uh, black in their family. If I'm just being blunt, right? Um, to turn around um, and just act like Afro-Latinos don't exist.
1: And Edward Camavinga is not even Afro-Latino, right? But the fact that, again, you are, you are equating this
2: man not just to the color of his skin, but saying he's as dark as his suit, is
1: literally taking away the autonomy of him. That, that is exactly what you're doing. And... <laughs>
2: I got frustrated when I read the article I'm getting frustrated again, you know, you know, as we're going over it and the reason I, the reason I brought it to the docket this week is mainly due to the fact that we are the, every time we try to take three steps forward, we're taking a hundred steps back as it relates to the racism in the beautiful game, because there are probably things happening in some of the lower leagues and some of the other leagues as it relates to black players that, We haven't even gotten to, and the leagues, and the season has just started. We are in weeks, you know, we are, we are
1: barely in week six of La Liga, barely in week fucking six, and already Lorena Gonzalez is acting out, and from what I'm told, this is not the first time, so what is it going to
2: take? Because it's not going to be one of those kind of things where you take her off TV and she apologizes and she says, oh, well, you know, I have a, um, a, uh, a, a black relative or something like that. Like, this is not the time or the place for that. It's not. It's not the time or the place for a fucking apology. You know, she got, she, the,
1: the, the fact that she still has a job is a shock to me.
4: And just to add, Neil, from what I'm seeing, it's not like she directly apologized to him. It was more like, I'm sorry if you're offended by this. I didn't mean for this to sound racist. I didn't mean to offend the player. I'm sorry you're offended was along the lines of what I've seen. And one of you can correct me if I'm wrong. But to me, it didn't seem like a sincere apology. It was more like, whoops, sorry, I got caught. It's not racist.
1: It's giving... I don't know. It's just giving casual racism all the way through.
0: Do you know what I mean? Same bullshit. It's the same kind of like how they couch that kind of dehumanizing thing into humor. Um, They think it's funny, but it's not funny for us. You know what I mean? They make a mockery of darker-skinned peoples all over the world, and Spain is no different. Anti-blackness is global, as El Capitan
1: Neil has said, Time and again on this program, I just kind of, am like, I'm not surprised. When it's happened to so many different black players that have that have played for, um, for Real Madrid. Hell, Tottenham Hotspur supporters, racially abused, added by Orban, he was playing for Real Madrid. If you remember rightly. Said so that his... Um, his dad washes elephants, and
0: his mum is something. It was grotesque. <laughs> I couldn't believe that that was something that was that was sung by by supporters of a club that used to yeah, he, that the player used to play for. This racism thing is just—they're not doing. it. They. I don't. I don't want to be ultra pessimist and say that they're never gonna. They're never gonna get it. It's looking highly unlikely that they're they're never going to properly stomp this shit out. You know what I mean? Really come down on people for this shit. But it has to start somewhere, and I'm just wondering where now. That's kind of where I'm at with it. That's the disappointing thing about it. We know something needs to be done, but where to begin? Like, I'm still not seeing players just walk off the pitch en masse. Can we at least get that? Can we get some momentum around here for this, you know... Kick racism out movement, please. I don't know, but the I'll open up to the rest of the floor. Armor, I think also you you chimed in earlier, but armor, mate, like it's it is twenty twenty one. I get it, and I I'm tired of hearing that too. But goddamn, if that ain't like a sane observation. How much? Oh, how anyway? What do you think?
3: <laughs> what, it is. What, what, it is twenty twenty one. It, it is twenty twenty one and the consequences for these actions should be a lot more stiff than um what we've been seeing so far, right? Um
1: And there's nowhere where you
3: haven't seen anti blackness manifest I, I mean, this guy, the kid she's talking about is eighteen years old, Starlet. he just he, he's coming in a, Burning things up.
1: Why on earth would you dehumanize
3: this, this talent, right? I mean, it's wrong to do it to the guy on the street, but it's, I, I just don't understand in that context what puts your brain there. Unless this is just who you are. This is how you behave. This is how, this is, the level of your humanity, right? Is is you have zero empathy for people who are not like you. You see people who are not like you as servicemen and women, people who give you things, who, who produce things for you to consume, um, but not as other human beings. And ultimately, I hope all terrible things happen to this person and I'm not ashamed about it. I I don't care. Um honestly, I, I really don't care. I hope they get what's coming to them. And, like karmic retribution should be awesome and amazing. Uh because I'm really sick of it. we you know, we talk about oh racismo in Italia. Uh we, we know it happen we know it happens here, there. Every time it happens should be a lesson for everybody across the continent. Why on earth this is still happening from a media like this is not a Joe Blow on the street. This is somebody whose job
1: is having a mic in their face.
3: You are paid to choose your words and you chose those. So the man lady, and I hope Bad things happen to her. Amen.
1: do say amen. A them. A somebody. I'm saying, well, I mean, I don't really have too much add of that. I think it's absolutely deplorable behavior.
0: Really is all I can absolutely say to that. I'm tired of seeing it as well. I fully concur with everything that Alma just said. I am waiting for the axe to fall in terms of consequences for this kind of continued behavior. Again, we are talking about violent speech. Whether you think it's violent or not is immaterial, but dehumanization is
1: a form of violence. And, you know, if that is what you get in response, then so be it. It's survival. You're, you're pitting all of this negativity against me
0: and trying to tear down who I am as a human being. It's violent, bro. Come on now.
1: You see me as less of that. That's a form of violence, bro. Apart from anything else, it's fucking fine, words. So as as you know, again, we can't continue to enjoy this game, this
0: beautiful game. We can't we can't continue to enjoy this if we're just gonna continue to do this and dehumanize players and just lean into lazy stereotypical racial tropes. Like we've been over these. From the microaggressions to the full-on racial slurs. We've been over these. Why aren't you coming
1: down hard enough on these people? FIFA, UEFA, fucking USSF. So on and so forth. You men are not serious to me. CONCACAF, you men are not serious to me. This shit shouldn't be happening. Certainly not on state television, by the way. If that's exactly what uh, I'm pushing, were getting to confirm that, but I don't know, man.
0: Um, Rossner, did you have anything to add to this mess?
1: No, it's nonsense,
0: <laughs> crazy, but there we go. Um, moving on in the main segment, Ajax have apparently been banned from wearing the wonderful Three Little Bird shirt, but the shirt can't have Three Little Birds on it, apparently. Um, I haven't looked into it to see if Adidas is manufacturing well without the birds on it, but that just makes the shirt less iconic as it was. Um at the time of recording, big man like El Capitan is wearing said shirt. So who wants to take this one first? Why are we why why are Ajax being singled out
2: here for their shirt?
0: What is what is UEFA's argument in terms of why that shirt needs to be banned with the three little birds on it?
2: Well, I think before you get into the
1: argument of, uh, Joseph, I I think we need to hear from you as a Jamaican on the podcast who, no, because hear me out. Three Little Birds
2: is a classic, iconic Bob Marley song. It's been redone and repackaged by people who should not touch that song at all. I acts as a club celebrated Bob Marley, celebrated
1: the song. He, Bob Marley and his family uh, appreciated the fact that um, Ajax
2: celebrated him by taking Three Little Birds and making it one of the
1: songs that they sing uh, as a goal song, Um, the fans. And they wanted to celebrate him even more, celebrate his legacy. By creating a third shirt,
2: in you know that had all of his influence, that had the three little birds on the back, and the reason they took it off is because they, the reason you UEFA's decision is because they believe that the three little birds are not uh, that they aren't licensed by um, UEFA. They aren't they aren't licensed
1: by FIFA as a ruling body. Um, so uh, they aren't a they they aren't a, they aren't a, they aren't a sponsor. But right.
2: but but to me, this is anti this is like peak anti-blackness. This is like Agreed, agreed, agreed. And and you know, I saw a number of um <laughs> uh, I saw reggae, you know, uh, reggae boy Twitter going off when this when this decision came down. They were not happy about it. Because, again, this is a man and Bob Marley, this is a family in the Marley family that is celebrated, not just worldwide, but you want to talk about Jamaica? That, listen, I, I don't need to go into detail. That's, I'm, I'm going to leave it to you to do that, Joseph, because this stung me, and I'm not
0: Jamaican. Okay. So, so before, I, before I get into my personal feelings about it, I want to give you guys the backstory as to how Ajax, in particular, came to sing this song in full voice in the Amsterdam Arena. So the tradition started in 2008. There was a there was a DJ, or an announcer, rather. His name was Ali uh, Yassin. And he um, played uh, Three Little Birds for the crowd of Ajax fans following a uh, preseason match. I believe it finishing a draw. So the crowd joined in. And they started uh, singing and chanting along with the song and everything like that. You know, vibes. You know what I'm saying? And then, of course, they just kept playing it. And they kept playing it. And they kept playing it. And now it is an integral part of being an Ajax fan or an Ajax supporter. So when, um, when Bob Marley's son Kimani heard about the phenomenon, he went in 2012 to Amsterdam to sing the song on the pitch with the fans to honor his father's legacy. And then they... He...
1: Look, man. That's beautiful, all right? For all of... That is what the three little... That's what Three Little Birds... As far as a song is concerned, you know, it's pretty self-explanatory. Don't worry about a thing. Every little thing is going to be all right. That's what it says on the tin. And for UEFA to clamp down on that, this is where my person now, by the way. But, but you for UEFA to clamp down on that, do you know what I mean? But you for UEFA to clamp down on that, because it doesn't make money, just speaks
0: to the kind of... There's a reason why all of the uh, the famous anti-racism campaigners were also anti capitalist and this is why. Right here, you're literally telling people that they can't have something that is, quite frankly, one of the cherished examples of cultural exchange genuine cultural exchange right that's supposed to be celebrated this is the shit that you say in your platitudinous nonsense when you do your anti-racism anti-racism um very much exaggerating air quotes there campaigns in the game this is replica
1: this is like representative of this and you ban it Someone's got to make this make sense. What
0: exactly are you fighting against? What exactly are you trying to eradicate here? And why aren't you taking the actual, genuine, positive examples and letting it be,
1: let it flourish on the grandest stage of your domestic competition, the Champions League, bro? Like, are you, uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. On one hand, you say that you're trying to kick racism out of the game.
0: On the other hand, you see a beautiful, genuine example of cultural exchange, something that is inarguably black, inarguably Jamaican.
1: And you say, no, it doesn't make dollars, so it doesn't make sense. Are you kidding me? That is what really sticks in the crawl. And if you're really going to do that, then there's plenty of other
0: examples in football that you can go ahead and get rid of. But I do not see you clamping down on those things. I see going after Ajax, but basically no word of a lie.
1: literally three little birds on the back of the fucking neck of the shirt, bro that's all it is, and it's an absurdity
3: um i I think I think that UEFA is getting in its own way. This could have been you know, like you said, a dope storyline to uh trumpet. Right? To because one of the things we one of the things we have to remember is that nobody loves UEFA. And the only reason why they were getting a reprieve from all the smoke was because of the Super League business. Right? And so there was a bigger, better, you know, antagonist for the for the football world for a while. But UEFA uh in this ruling kind of you know, it's stealing the joy, stealing the positivity out of a scenario, and then it, because of naked capitalism, right? And and that's no fun for anyone. I think the other article I read about this talked about how they also uh, challenged uh, Venezia because they have their word Venezia across the sh- across the front of their shirts. As well as the badge, so they made them get rid of the badge because the name was equivalent to a badge. Obviously, UEFA is in cahoots with the worst design elements of Puma, who who made these ridiculous shirts um, all across <laughs> across all all across the world, where clubs have to wear a few letters over, across their chest that look like. The other 32 clubs, teams, nations that are unfortunate enough to be wearing Puma kits. Um, and they don't they they can't sport their badges because of this this exact rationale. It's absurd to me. Um, and and the three little birds, it's a beautiful, nice little touch in addition to the shirt. Nobody's described it. It's a black kit, v neck. Uh with red, golden, green. Red, golden, green.
0: Yep. Accents and that's what's on. on the, the sleeves well. and the shoulders.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's and it's a beautiful look. Beautiful. You know? Beautiful shirt.
1: Really is. And I really don't understand what the deal is with um with uh with with the B2A for this terrible decision. I did
0: not know about that Ven's uh, Vencia saying that they couldn't have um couldn't the have the badge out. and the name. Because the name counts as a badge. Get the fuck
1: out of
3: here.
0: I just don't understand these decisions. It's absolutely weird. But it does, it definitely, definitely seems to be in favor of corporate sponsorship on the show, as opposed to just being an expression of culture. Club culture. See, this is the reason why um a lot of um some people over here in the you know the United States supporter scene. Excuse me, have been um club over uh, club. Culture over everything. Rossa has said it in previous episodes, certainly in season two, but it's 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 right. It's, 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 everybody's right. It's it's got to be culture over everything because I mean, look, just it's actually quite ridiculous now. Where this gotten? You're not allowed to express yourself except in ways that is business friendly, essentially, and that's not what this game is about. You know what I mean, it is now, obviously. It's, Actually, the lifeblood of it all now. It's completely corrupted, but I don't know where we go from here. Maybe we just continue enjoying the perks. Um,
1: but it doesn't look good and it's nakedly horrible. We're seeing here. So. Ross, do you have anything to add, mate?
4: Or... I'm just going to read part of the statement that UEFA issued. UEFA sees it as a different expression than the club logo logo clothing sponsor, or sleeve sponsor, other
1: expressions are not allowed.
4: Just to reinforce what you guys were saying, money.
1: And a trash.
4: Big trash.
1: But we don't love UEFA in this house. We never
0: have. Go back to the episode that we did about the Super League. We made it very clear that UEFA
1: are no good guys in this scenario. This is what we meant. <laughs> there we go final thing in the main
0: segment I know we've been having a good old chin whack boys but we do need to talk
1: about this because it is a very dire situation the Washington spirit need a solution and quickly Okay. Now I don't know if everybody's up to speed on this but uh, I'm more than happy
0: to go ahead and oblige there because there was a report that was out um the uh, the equalizer shout out to uh jeff um uh,
1: excuse me good lord jeff Kasuf um and in summary it has been a disastrous
0: summer for the washington spirit that's how the that's how the whole analysis is <laughs> open what do we know off the top of our head well you know
1: that the the coach had to you know jump before he was pushed I believe it's Coach Buck. Buck, yeah. That's the name. Neil? Yes. Is that accurate? Yes, that's correct. Uh,
0: Multiple breaches of league protocol regarding COVID-19. They've not played a match in three weeks. Having traveled to Portland the uh, the week prior, only having their match postponed to an outbreak within the team. Oh, well, Rain spent the entire week in DC to prepare for Sunday's match before being awarded a 3-0
1: victory without even playing the first forfeited match due to COVID-19 protocols. That one there that I just mentioned. Well, now, well, uh, as of this recording, they've actually uh, forfeited two
2: matches. And that's just that's the tip. now. Yes. So in total, six points
1: to other clubs. Uh, as the resident Washington spirit supporter selling Steve selling the club is the minimum where I'm at. There
2: are so many problems with this club. Not that Steve is the major problem, but there is middle management that is terrible. There are agents that are not doing a shitty job. There are, um, Sideline coaches that are not advocating for the players, Burke being one of them, thank God he, you know, was pushed before he left um, or or rather was forced out. Uh, But Steve is still there, Um, you know, shout out to former players um, like Kaya. Uh, Go listen to her uh, incredible. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, um, this
0: yes. Um unfiltered, unfiltered with Kaya McCullough. Listen, if you haven't been listening to that podcast, please get to know. Shout out to Two Cents FC, shout out to L and Dev, you know what I'm saying? Holding it down and, and just giving us um just giving us that reel. Kaya was a, Kaya was the only person in that Washington Post article that stepped forward and told her testimony. I, that I mean, that is what. What is a stronger superlative than courageous? Because un-unreal stuff, unreal yeah. stuff that she's yeah. exhibited, and that she talked about it on her podcast, which I implore that you go and listen to. It is raw. It is honest. It is soul-bearing it is. It is just. It is everything that you need to hear right now. Not what you want to hear. Everything you need to hear. Hiya, that- baby. Listen, shout out to you, sis.
2: Yes, shout indeed. out to you. Listen to that podcast after you've listened to ours. First of all, second of all, uh, <laughs> wow,
1: wow, wow, gotta say it, gotta say it. Love <laughs> Kaya to death, but she's not on our podcast. So, um, yet at the end of the day, um, again, this is a
2: club that has been mis- that has so many problems. And I said this before
1: we recorded. I I would rather at this point this club fold and start over, or at an, or, or at a minimum forfeit the fucking season, because
2: we are we are we are so late in the season that six points f- forfeiting three nil matches because players did broke COVID protocols several players at this point broke bro, COVID protocols and different players between the OL rain week and the Portland week. So we're not even talking about the same fucking players. We're talking about different players at this breaking COVID protocols. So there, so, so, so this club has, uh, a, a tremendous amount of overhaul to take care of. This club has a significant amount of work to do internally. and that starts with Steve selling the team that continues with some of the middle management, leaving the club that continues with some of the toxic players
1: leaving the club. Uh, and that, and that ends with, uh, a complete and just across the board overhaul of this club. It, it needs to happen. And it starts with Steve selling the team. I mean,
0: speaking of on that end, okay, so obviously, um, uh, you know, why Michelle Kang? Newcomer in the ownership of the club. Um, Steve Baldwin apparently has been trying to block her getting any more involved than she has um, or is allowed or is able to at this rate. Um, It has been a very vocal um, denouncement of Steve Baldwin from the supporters themselves. Shout out again to Rosroom Collective, who apparently were told that they had to take their sign down the first time they put it up. Do not understand? Big man like Doug, I see you, bro, holding it down. You know what I'm saying? Again, shout out to Rosroom Collective doing the goddamn thing. Um, but yeah, I agree with Neil. You do need to sell the team, Steve. It's just not working out under your tenure, mate. And you're just now, you, you, nobody's going to see you as anything but a tyrant now. It's just it's just that simple to me. Like, your actions have spoken way louder than anything you could possibly say in terms of verbiage. Do You know what I mean? You don't want to share ownership of the team to go ahead and make sort of, you know, creative control and things of that nature and guiding the team to to, to better station. You have one of the baddest plays in the game right now in Trinity Rodman. She doesn't need this. Okay? She had an absolutely sensational start to the season and now look, fucking all this nonsense has gone off because of the the breaking of COVID protocols. Now they don't get to play forward in matches.
1: She's not playing football right now. Like anybody who's playing for the Spirit is probably looking to leave, bro. It's not tenable under your tenure. You should sell the fucking club, Steve.
0: I agree with the spirit faithful. I really do. It's not working out under you. And the more that you try to go ahead and tighten your grip of control,
1: the more you squeeze the club and the more it starts to break. You're the reason why it's damaged, Steve. That
0: stadium should have been finished by now, Steve. Remember that, Steve? Remember, you remember? That's that that that, all, that all-purpose stadium specifically for the spirit, Steve? You remember that, Steve?
1: What happened to that, Steve? Again, the club is breaking under you. They should not have had to they should not have had to
0: protest. They should not have had to campaign to play in Audi Field when that was all always an accessible place for them to play before their stadium was finished steve you've been you've been an you you've been an absolute thorn in the side steve you every decision that you've made
1: thus far has been shit steve <laughs> tell the club steve By some virtue of a miracle that he hears this, and just hoping you realize that it was it was very difficult. I almost like
0: wretched, like I could feel like bile and vomit in the back of my throat every single time I said your name, Steve. I just want you to know that. okay. Shifted to Rossler. Ross, you got anything on this debacle? Like good grief.
4: We're almost two years into it now, man. People need to start taking this seriously, especially when you know you have to travel for work. No reason why you should be breaking protocol. That's it. It's just that simple. You know what the protocol is. You know you have to get vaccinated because you're traveling a lot for work. You're exposed to other players that are traveling a lot for work. It just makes sense for you to get vaccinated and for you to follow the protocol. I think Neil yeah. covered it pretty much, man. Like,
1: you guys, you just don't care at this point. Just sell the club. <laughs> sell the club, Steve. All right. I think that's going to do it for the
0: news the main segment you know the T as well um,
3: Did you have anything to add Oh yeah um, did you drop you know, anything I, on this just real just real quick on 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 the spirit business um the I think you alluded earlier that they they made a good, a pretty good start and despite the two forfeits they're still in playoff contention right um that shows how how much you're throwing away by behaving in this way, and' here I'm talking about the protocol breakers, and then the, the funk that follows a Richie Burke ouster, which you know, to be honest you know if you if you saw the club statement, it was like yeah uh he's he move, he's getting sidelined because of health, whatever, and he'll take a front office job and blah blah blah, not talking about the legit allegations against him. Um, and it took the Washington Times piece and Kaya's frank testimony to actually add light to what was really happening. Um, and, and it's, you know, it's disgusting. I will say that there are quality players on the on the spirit. We mentioned Trinity Rodman earlier, but like I was campaigning for Andy Sullivan to go to the Olympics. Um good captain, speaks well, speaks honestly um, for the team when she talks about, you know, kneeling. And um, anyway, all that to say, the owner is doing a disservice to the players, the players who have broken protocol are doing a disservice to themselves and their teammates and their supporters who are backing them fully. Um, I I hope things get better from here because the, uh, the that's a quality group of players overall. That's a, a squad that can compete. Um and it's a shame to see these outcomes. Um
1: the the everybody deserves better than what's happening right now
3: at the spirit. Get 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 it together. No doubt.
0: All right. I'm sorry for cutting across you there. Um, I didn't completely forgot that you hadn't actually weighed in on this yet. But yeah, there it is. Main segment, done and dusted. We're going to be coming back for extra time. You know how it runs? 60 seconds. All that fun stuff. We'll be right back after we pay a few bills. Don't go anywhere. The
2: goddamn sauce. Nine different flavors. Same goddamn feeling. Share our passion for sauce and discover the full goddamn range. At thegdsauce.com. Use the discount code TheBantamPubFC to save 15% when you cop the sauce. Bounce up.
0: All right, get your gear on. It's extra time, time. Wow. Damn. That's not gonna work. Should definitely do that again. It's extra time, bitches. Yeah, that worked. Yeah yeah that'll work will that work i don't know i'll probably get cussed out by something saying that but whatever you know the drill 60 seconds what's on your mind this week gonna start with el capitan you know traditional style and we'll shift it to armor we'll go to roster and uh your boy will go last so let's do it to it 60 seconds on the clock go
2: first uh as we said in the main segment steve Sell the spirit, number one. Um, It's going to be a light week for me. Um, I haven't really been moved by anything major uh, outside of the tremendous amount of black players, Edward Kamavinga, Victor Oshiman, uh, DACA, Master City, and several others, who have been playing out of their damn mind at the European level um, many of whom who wouldn't have had the chance in previous years
1: so shout out to all of the black players and just as a quick aside just as a quick aside fuck EA Sports your ratings are shit it's on you big man go
0: for
3: it, I'm up, 60 seconds right. uh, this week I've been reflecting on, you know family um i mentioned a little bit on the pod i have a big family and uh we're enduring some health challenges and i over the past week i've kind of had opportunities to put in perspective what it means to be able to spend this time with people we love um i've been lucky to
1: have my parents close over the past year, and um and with the kids going back to school
3: in ah uh, in person, you know there's a little bit of anxiety and peril that goes along with you know the fact that some of them aren't vaccinated under under twelve, but it's wonderful to watch them blossom, and it's also I realize now that I miss. Uh, those middle-of-the-day interruptions from online kindergarten Um, and the time that I got to spend with my kids over the past year in the middle of a global pandemic. uh, So, hold your loved ones close.
1: Value the time that you have. None of it is promised. Um, And I'm definitely going to try to keep doing doing that as much as possible. That was beautiful. I'm going to need to yeah, no, nah,
0: that deserves soundtracking. Don't watch that, Armor. I'm going to sort that out in yeah.
4: <laughs> Ross, you your updates. 60 yeah, I'm seconds. Not, I'm not going to follow Amma anymore. He always has the...
0: You know, he's always got that heat, uh, yeah, son. And, yeah. and, you know, the, the vocals are coming crispy this year. So, you know, there might be uh, certain uh, fans uh, of, of his that might be very pleased with this content. Uh, anyway, Ross, so take it away.
1: Go for it. Wow, son. Anyway.
4: Something that kind of hit me this week was don't change. As children, we kind of have all these hobbies and things that we enjoy and innocence and happiness. Try to hold on to that as long as possible. Don't forget what your hobbies are. Look for new hobbies. Just continue to grow as a person is something I've been thinking about this week. I know it's been tough with COVID. A lot of the things that we used to do and a lot of the routines we have or had, I should say, are not as readily available. So we have to find new hobbies and new things to do, but continue to do things that make you happy. Being an adult is learning how to deal with those things that you can't control and those things that you can make sure that they make you happy.
0: Thank you very much, Ross. Very well said, mate. Um, you know what? I really don't have anything this week. I don't. And the reason why I don't is because I kind of had to take a step back at my trip from Chicago. Shout out to Chicago. God damn. August was amazing. I got to meet my big bro, Armor. You know what I'm saying? Took the football in. You know what I'm saying? Lovely people out there. Shout out to Mariah of Plastic. Shout out to Maud. Shout out to like, I mean, I can be here all day, mate. So many beautiful, wonderful people that I met in Chicago. Um, also, we were touching on the Bundesliga earlier. Shout out to big man like Jake. 50 plus Donna. If you don't know, get to know. You know what I'm saying? But my thing is this life has been really blessed. I got to take in my daughter's 13th birthday after being in Chicago. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna be spending more time with my grandmother in the next few days um than i have in the last 11 years it's it there's there's nothing really and yeah there's plenty of bullshit that's going on in the background i'm not saying that we can't focus on that stuff i'm just saying that i've really started to divert my focus to the stuff that truly matters the stuff
1: that i won't be able to get back if i miss this you know what i mean time with my loved ones So, with that said, I'm going to
0: actually use my time to, use the, uh, to, to, to recite the host's prayer
1: one time for the one time. That is what I'll be using my 60 seconds. If <clears throat> we could bow our heads and close our eyes, please. No touching, no touching gentles yet. Just wait till we bless it. All right.
0: Thank you very much. Our whole who are in heat, thirsty be thy name thy genitals come thy will be done on that ass as it is in a sling give us this day our daily orgasms and forgive us our cock block as we forgive those who cock block against us, and lead us not into entanglement but deliver us from toxicity for thine is the panani and the power the busi and the glory forever and ever amen don't think there's anything else to add to that. You know what it is, baby! The BanterPop FC at the Banterpop FC on Twitter. At the BantaPop FC on Instagram. Dunno. Twitch. YouTube. Some A V stuff coming. Hold tight, everybody. You already know what it is. Got some real good stuff cooking in the pipeline. Real good stuff cooking in the pipeline. It is fucking EA Sports, but at the end of the day. El Capitan and I, we got a new club to get off the ground. We've got to show you, man, what it is out there on the pitch. We've got to show you, man, how we do out here on the pitch. I've been practicing. I know I've been terrible, but I'm getting me a dub. Don't watch that. Twitch battle's coming back soon. You already know who the spiciest takes on the pitch comes from. And you know who the sauciest team in the game is. The Banter Pop FC for El Capitan, Neil, Arma, Rossler, Hold tight, Jonathan. Hold tight, Adam. I'm Josie. Stay sexy. Don't get murdered. We'll see you next week.